Welcome back to In the Mood for Film. Hi everyone, sorry we are a little late with our final um, podcast of the London Film Festival, which ended last Sunday, but um, Dion was in Newcastle. <laughs> It has uh, been established. <laughs> and, uh, and we've had a busy uh, work uh, week and we couldn't meet up and we finally met today. Yeah. So we're going to go through the last films I saw. <laughs> well, there's a couple for me. So we did have the pleasure of watching the opening night film, The Harder They Fall, from uh, director James Samuel, his new film, uh, sorry, his first film, um, today, yeah, which yeah. has just been released, uh, general release. Um, and we both really enjoyed it, yeah? Yes. It's a, it's a tale, it's like a... A western. A, yeah, a black-casted uh, western um, as it says at the start, it's about, um, you know, a fictional story, but uh, these people existed. Um, and they're all, um, yeah, really kind of interesting, badass kind of characters. And it's, a, it's, it's got amazing music throughout. It's really kind of propulsive. Mm. It feels very Tarantino-esque and yeah. Sergio Leone. It's definitely, yeah. But I, I really enjoyed it too. I think it was a great um, choice for the opening night of the festival. Um, uh, the acting was really good. We have, you know, Lakeith um, Stanfield. Stanfield, Regina King, Idris Elba, Jonathan Majors. I love Jonathan Majors. Yeah, it's good were, to see him in a good role, in a yeah, leading role. Yeah, so it was, it was really fun. It was quite a long film. It didn't feel like it. Um, it was very exciting. Um, And yeah, as, as Dion said, was very much influenced by, you know, Sergio Leone's and felt a little bit like Tarantino, especially at the very beginning and with the, um, not the credits, the opening. Yeah, um, like the opening credit sequence. Sequence, um, yeah. Sorry, stylish. Yeah, but the music was fantastic and there is a whole, um, you know, ending that was slightly unexpected, I guess. Or we kind of started guessing at some point. But yeah, it was fun. Oh, I was wondering what you meant. Yeah, no, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. we're kind of... Um, yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of a vengeance story and, you know, like two different gangs of outlaws. So, the, you know, they're both bodies, basically. So there isn't like the um, the usual setup of a Western, which one is, you know, one is outlaw and the other one is... Um, you know, the the right side of the law. I think they are both uh, on the same side, which makes it uh, more fun as well, I think. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And it's, it's a Netflix uh, production, so it's already out now in the UK. I don't know if it's already streaming. It should no, be streaming I, soon. It's, I think it's doing a two-week cinema release, so it's okay. out in cinemas in the UK now, and then it's due for um, release on Netflix, I guess, two weeks, Friday. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Um, Yeah, good fun. It was really good fun. And um, and there was one other film that we both saw uh, together before I went off to Newcastle, um, which I had a great time, by the way. Not Paris, Newcastle. Not Paris. <laughs> <laughs> no offence, Newcastle. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is Paris, 13th District, the new film from Jacques Odia, uh, who I am a huge fan of. We both are huge fans of, yes, yeah? Yes, well, yeah. Um, f from a Prophet to Rust and Bone to um read my lips 
Um, the beat that my heart skipped. Um, yeah, great. Uh, he's just a, a deep hand. Yeah, yeah, a, a really great a very director. Prolific and very. Um, yeah, he always tackles different genres and. Yeah, but usually, yeah. When we're talking about how it was, um, usually his films they often have quite a masculine kind of vibe to it, and kind of a bit like you know, um, I don't know, like quite rough characters and so on. And this is quite a different vibe for him, wasn't it? It was like um, kind of romantic and fun and easy. Yes, and um, I think maybe because it was also co-written by uh, Celine Siama. Yeah. Um, So I think maybe there is like this feminine touch to it. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, (laughs) good point. Maybe that's the reason. But yeah, it's a lovely film and uh, it has uh, Noemi Merlin, who we know from um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, and then two newcomers, uh, Makita Samba and Lucy Jean. Um, It's a kind of a, not a love triangle, but... Uh, love, you know, like love stories between these three people, um, in you know, in the thirteenth district of Paris, um, which was really fun, yeah. Yeah, um, I felt like it's on black and white, and um, it just if it, it felt like you're in the hands of a of a, you know, you in, in safe hands of a you know really skilled director when you're watching it. You know, it didn't feel hard to watch at all. It was just um, yeah, it was really good. Um, so that was, uh, you know, although it didn't blow me away as some of his other films have. Um, so that was the last film that I saw. Um, and so there's a lot of films that you're, you've seen since then that you want to give a plug? I will try. <laughs> so one of the films that I really loved is um, Noche de Fuego from Mexico, uh, Prayers for the Stolen, which was not a, a beautiful film, but not a an easy watch uh, and not very hopeful, I'm afraid to say. Um, it's uh, Tatiana uh, Weser's uh, first feature debut. I mean, she was a, a, she is a, was a documentary uh, director, so this is her first uh, fiction film. Um, and um, so it's a come-of-age film uh, centered in the story of this girl, Anna, and her friends, so since, you know, childhood into the adolescence. But, you know, they live <clears throat> in a town that's run by, by the drugs cartel in Mexico. So it's, it's, it's very, uh, it's a hard life and very difficult for, especially for a woman to get out of it. So as I said, you know, you, end, you are in between <clears throat> government troops on their war uh, on drugs that's, you know, it's proven to be useless. And, and the drugs cartel, and that's the reality of many families in small communities in Mexico, but also in Central America. Many of the men, their fathers and husbands um, have crossed the border trying to find work in the US, uh, and they are left you know, to fend for themselves and bring their children. And many of them work in, you know, in the, in the, um, in the um, I was gonna say, uh, what do they call it? The, uh, the poppy plantations or in other countries would be, you know, uh, cock leaves, uh, co- co- uh, coca-, coca leaf plantations. Um, and it's very difficult to, you know, to have a hopeful <laughs> view of their situation. Uh, I know that the, the, the film is based on a novel, I can't remember who the author is, but um, it's really sad to see the reality of these people who, who are in between these two worlds and, you know, many of whom have so many dreams, like the main character, Anna, 
has has uh, you know wants to become a teacher they are trying to go to school school is always interrupted by some situation or another um and also you know it, once they become uh, you know young women they they run the risk as well of being kidnapped by the drugs cartels we don't know for what just to be trafficked uh for sex as sex slaves or to be um could be to become drug mules we don't know it's just like this bleak reality of um of many families and many people in in these situations so um the film is is really i mean i thought it was a great production i mean it's as i said this you know she used to do documentaries before but you know beautiful cinematography it was filmed in a small community uh so the actors i think are all known professionals uh, filmed in, a, in a, like in the mountains somewhere in mexico it's a beautiful photography um and this is very well acted um uh, but yeah a hard hard watch um and as i said not very hopeful but uh definitely you know one of those films that you need to see to 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 understand or to, to you know but uh, it's also i've just found out that's the mexico mexican entry for the foreign language film at yeah. the oscars no, this year international feature yes yeah but um yeah which I, i've i've heard of, yeah it was on my short list and i am disappointed to have missed it because i i had heard some really good things about it and it does seem like from what you've said and what i've heard that it does have a good shot at making that five i think it does yeah it's it's really as yeah as, as i said it's beautiful photography uh you know great acting um and yeah it's a sad harsh reality um and yeah i think it could make it into the the final four it was part of the first feature um competition at this year's festival um yeah and she's definitely um Tatiana Wazes definitely um someone to keep on your watch list um mm. i really i really recommend it fortunately yes. it's also a movie um distribution Great movies <laughs> yeah, yeah had so... a lot of money and uh, bought a lot of films for yeah release. so hopefully we'll be able to see it either on the streaming um, um website or or will be on in the uk at some point um, i think movie are buying a lot of films for cinema release as well as on streaming so um i think just because movie's got it doesn't mean that we you know we won't see it on the on the big screen hopefully another entry for the for, uh, international Feature. feature sorry of the oscars that i watched was the grave grave digger's wife which is a lovely um first feature i think also from uh, a somali director who is based in uh, elsinki and uh the film is set in djibouti um and it's um yeah it's a, a lovely love story with you know with hardships as well Um I d- I don't know if I would say it's like more hopeful than the previous one. Um the ending is is quite sad but um yeah it was a lovely story of this you know people also living in the in the margins of society you know they work as grave diggers um and then his wife is uh very ill and he needs to get money together for her to have an operation that costs thousands of dollars basically and he's trying to find this money um you know but uh, there's like a whole family and their love story to in the background which is really sweet and lovely 
Um, but yeah, so it's the Somali entry this year for the for the Oscars. I don't know if they've had uh, many films before, but um, mm, good question. I'm not sure. Yeah. So that's so um, and there's been a couple of other announcements about international feature submissions since uh, since our last podcast. Yeah. So, so Iran has chosen a hero that yeah, we've talked about. No before. surprise there. Um, perhaps more of a surprise is Romania are going for the uh, Berlin the winner. <laughs> Good, bad luck banging or loony porn, which oh my we God, are having. I'm a... so excited for that. <laughs> Again, imagining the Academy members watching it and going, "What on earth?" I I do wonder if you'll make the shortcut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh I think it's God. a. We think it's a small. Yeah, it's a small committee that will um, narrow it down. Um, unfortunately, because it would be really nice to have bad luck banging or loony porn going out to, um, it's to like Robert De Niro or, or like. <laughs> all, the, all the academy members uh, um, and that fantastic ending <laughs> but anyway yeah I, I doubt it uh, I, I mean I'm really surprised that they actually chose it first of all as the as the uh, you know as their submission but uh, I don't think it will make the final well we'll cut, see but we'll see well, well we're gonna bang the drum for bad luck banging loony porn or loony porn every podcast <laughs> <laughs> Don't miss it. Don't miss it. You had the fortune of seeing Flea, I understand, the animated documentary, which won the World Cinema Grand Jury Prize for documentary. Uh, Sundance yes, this year. I did. So this was the BFI Flea special screening. Uh, so it's a film from Denmark. Um, oh, I didn't realise. Yeah, so the director is Danish. It was a lovely, f- oh, it's a lovely film. And it's the story um, of... She's uh, one of his friends since um, since uh, adolescence that one day, you know, he was a refugee uh, from Afghanistan. And this is like early, from the late 80s after the, you know, the Soviet, the Soviet invaded Afghanistan and then the Mujahideen came. So at that time that, um, so he's come from, you know, upper class uh, family in Afghanistan, a happily family life that all of a sudden they had to to leave uh, when the Taliban came, um, and uh, and yeah, and it's about it's it's a lovely documentary about friendship and uh, the meaning of home. You know, they have to they had several attempts of you know of leaving, you know, trying to leave Afghanistan to a better life in Europe. And uh, so many hardships and being separated from his family and, and um, yeah, and, and, then, and then arriving by himself in, in, in Denmark and, you know, like uh, finding him his new home and, and eventually uh, becoming friends with the director and one day he says he's ready to tell his story that's how the film came about and um, yeah and there's a very interesting um, um, animation as well because it's not all like you know there are passages like more you know in Afghanistan wherever when there is like situations of conflicts that the type of animation changes to the current one Mm. And it's also coming to them with sexuality because, you know, when he starts talking about 
you know, his, his, his struggle to, to leave Afghanistan and come to Europe, but also finding himself and realize, you know, coming to terms with sexuality and being gay and, and coming from a country where that, you know, not even the concept didn't exist. So there was not even a word for that or whatever. So yeah, it's a beautiful moving film. Um, and as you said, you know, it won the, um, the Grand Jury Prize at Sundance. I think, you know, it's going to be winning several more things in the awards seasons. Um, do you, yeah, do you think it's um, going to be nominated for both animation and documentary at the Oscars? I think so. I mm. think so. And the director was there and he talked about, you know, his friendship uh, with the main character. Yeah, it's interesting as well because the the story changes. I mean, I'm not gonna talk too much about this because I don't want to, you know, um, um, because of spoilers. But um, what starts how we imagine his journey as a refugee it changes slightly as he's telling his story, and I think as he told it to his friend, that then you know became the film at the same situation, because we imagine his life or his journey in one way and turns out to be a few things were different and he's finally revealing it as well okay because he was afraid to before uh, and then the, like even his partner who's been he's been living with for some time and you know it's like you know let's buy a home together let's do this and he's kind of slightly scared of this concept of settling down and yeah it's quite it's quite interesting as well like because he's also i don't know coming to terms with himself and what he feels like it is where, you know, does he wants to settle down and being in a home, what is a home? And yeah, it's quite interesting in this aspect as well. Um, yeah, so I think it has a great chance of, of uh, being nominated for both animation and documentary. Um, I was comforted by the fact that um, it was being released on the 3rd of December, so not far away, but I've just realised that's in the United States and it's not being released until the 11th of February in the UK, which is ages away, so yeah, I'm slightly think, gutted about that. Yeah, I think there might be some special presentations. I, I wouldn't hope be so. surprised. I hope so. I don't know when the BAFTAs is next year, but maybe if it's going to be nominated as well for the BAFTAs or the Golden Globes is going to be at the origin... Uh, the, usual date i think which is early january yeah that's a whole nother yeah. story because who knows what the golden glows will look like this year will anyone go to it will it be televised well it won't be televised oh it so, won't be televised no well nbc are not have have cancelled it for this year oh, so okay. unless they that. find another home for it so it probably won't be televised in which case will the stars go to it probably well, not uh, yeah so oh, okay i didn't know that yeah it's, it's interesting yeah. Um, Another but yeah. thing about this documentary, because um, uh, it's like, you know, he's an Afghan refugee and now with the situation in Afghanistan, the recent situation is that he, you know, when the director was talking about this, that for him, it's like he's relieving re this whole thing again, like seeing his country going through all it, that, yeah. which is very sad for him and his family and, you know. And makes the whole film even more, I don't know, poignant, I guess, when for him. Pertinent. Yeah. Yeah. And he, yeah, and he was saying, because I think when he first told this story and he wanted to tell this story, he felt like no one would care about it or no one. And then all of a sudden he sees, he starts seeing the world embracing it and he's been like really over the moon that people are enjoying it. So it was nice to hear that.
And was there anything else that you saw during the festival that you really yeah. liked? Yeah, so I had three other films, two of which I really liked. Uh, one was, I was a little bored by it, and maybe I didn't understand it as I should. It's a film from Lebanon called The Sea Ahead. Um, and I, yeah, it's difficult to talk about it because I was slightly bored. Uh, the main character comes back home to Beirut from, uh, she was studying in Paris, and then she's clearly... I don't know, depressed or something has happened that you know, is making her like she doesn't want to talk about it. The parents don't know why she's like this, whatever. But then, it, you know, there are not two stories, become two separate, not two separate stories, but she it diverged into her meeting her ex-boyfriend. But then we don't know what is dream, what's reality anymore. And I just got really bored with it. I stayed until the end and then the director was there with the actress and they talk about how the film is kind of a, a metaphor about Lebanon and maybe that's why <laughs> I misunderstood it. Uh, but I think they were talking about um, about the whole malaise of living in a country where you go, you know, they've gone through so much from the times of the civil war and then even when they are reconstructing their lives, there's always the, the danger of a war with Israel or, or you know, they live in a, in, a, in a very volatile part of the world. So I guess it's a bit about that, a metaphor for the, you know, you, you, you don't have control of your life, I guess, in a way, and she tried to escape it, but then she comes back. But then I just thought it was boring uh, after a while, so I was a bit disappointed anyway, but maybe I didn't understand the film. Um, but I saw Memoria. <laughs> Which I'm very envious about. <laughs> In fact, is... as you're talking, I'm just Googling His Picture name, Pong's name. I know. <laughs> I was thinking Go on, about... Give it a try. A Picture Pong Virasetaku. But nice. you can call him Joe. Yes, you can. <laughs> he does say that on the video. Mm. I was very disappointed that he was not there with Tilda. Oh, yeah. Uh, but they both introduced the film via a pre-recorded message. And when she introduced herself, hi, I'm Tilda Sweet, hi, I'm Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so he's used to people not knowing how to pronounce his name. Uh, but yeah, so um, he's a Thai director. So this is his first film uh, outside Thailand. And it's set in Colombia. And um, yeah, it's very similar to his previous films in the sense that... Um, you know, they are very uh, slow, uh, contemplative films. Um, but yeah, so, uh, you know, it's the first time that he has an international cast. There is uh, Tilda Swinton, the main character, but also Jean Balibar from France and um, a couple for the Latin American actors, I can't remember the name now. Uh, but yeah, it's a very interesting story and, but very similar to his previous films that there is like a whole spiritual thing as well. Um, which, yeah, I, I can't talk. It's difficult much. to put it's, into words. Yeah, 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 like all these films. Um, but yeah, you know, it always starts with uh, there's like a whole thing about noise and and the sounds because she hears a sound. That's how the film starts, and that sound, she keeps hearing that sound, but she's the only one hearing it. And she meets different people talking about this sound, which sounds like a weird 
premise. <laughs> I, I think it sounds fascinating. Uh, but then it's just like you go like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, there's this sound that they're doing some work like in the neighborhood. No, there's no work in the neighborhood. And then they're like, your son's likely crazy. And, um, and then she meets people like, you know, sound designers and people to actually find recreate it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. yeah, it is fascinating, <laughs> but at the same time, weird. Um, mm. And you think like, where do we go like in this quest? <laughs> and, uh, you know, she's an English woman um, visiting her sister, I think in Colombia. Yeah, but it, it, it's, I mean, you know, we adore Tilda, so she's fantastic. And I'm very impressed with her Spanish, I have to say. It's not, you know, I speak a little bit of Spanish. And um, yeah, I was quite impressed by it. Um, and it's really interesting, really interesting. I understand it's the um yeah so it's the Colombian entry yes, for the international is, yeah, feature which yeah. is which is exciting. Um, I also I don't know if you've heard about how it's being played at one cinema at a time in the United States. So they've got what like one mean? they've got like one reel of it. Yeah. And it's going once it's finished it's run at one cinema. Oh really? It's going to a different <laughs> cinema. Yeah. Oh no, I didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> which is so bizarre. So it does make me a bit worried about that it might be quite difficult to, to watch it in the yeah, cinema here by the time when I don't know if it's coming out actually, yeah. Yeah, I'm not I sure. I forgot either. to check, yeah. But if, yeah, I do, but if you do see it, please let me know because I, I don't want to miss no, it. It is screen. it is it is fascinating film again. So um and in the last, well, I missed one of the films I was supposed to see. I wasn't feeling very well. I missed the, the experimenter film, Neptune Frost, which I was looking forward to. But I made it to Nitram, which I, I had uh, doubts about, like being my last film of the festival. So this is the new, as I mentioned before, the new Justin Cozell film about a... A mass murder that happened in Tasmania, in Australia, in the early, late 80s or early 80s, I can't remember. Um, and yeah, I really liked it, uh, surprisingly. <laughs> um, I guess going with like uh, little expectations help as well. Uh, I was a bit worried about the subject matter. But um, yeah, it's really, it was a really interesting film. Um, the main actor, um, Caleb Landry-Jones, he won the, the best actor at Cannes uh, this year. And... Um, and uh, was it Cannes? It was Venice. No, no, it was Cannes. Oh. And um, yeah, so it's... Uh, yes, no, it was in the ni 1996. Um, yeah, it, it is a fictionalized account of of this mass murder in, in Tasmania. But um, I, I thought it was fascinating because I... Uh, the main character, you know, clearly has issues and... and but he's not an unkind person and was really interesting seeing him go through Oh, the you know, like become this this murder. I mean, it's he had issues since he was a child, and um, maybe you know uh, he could have been. In, maybe the this could have been prevented if he had been properly assessed. You know, there is a scene where he's seeing his psych psychiatrist, a psychologist, you know, talking about his medication or whatever. But he's not. He's not a. He's a, a quite a. Um, 
he's not an unkind person, you know, he's, he has empathy, he's, he does nice things to people, and he's, so, he, but then he can become violent very quickly if he's been bullied or, you know, if people are being kind to him. Yeah, so it's kind of really interesting, I think, in seeing all this. Um, Quite a different <coughs> portrayal from a typical mass yeah, murder, I guess, um, or, you know, we were talking earlier about the concept of psychopathy, and it sounds like, you know, in many ways, this person does not fit with the psychopath, with the kind of lacking empathy. And, not at all, yeah. exactly. Yeah. He loves his father, and his father is the one that normally, who is played by um, Anthony La Paglia. Oh, Actually, really? it took ages for me to recognize him. I was like, I know this guy. And then I was like, oh, when I saw the name at the end, I was like, of course it's him. Yeah, so his father normally, uh, I, I, you know, when he's an only child. So the mother uh, is um, Judy Davis, who is brilliant as oh, well. Oh, great. And the mother is kind of tough on him, but it's more like in the sense, I suppose if mothers are generally tougher anyway than, than fathers. But um, she's like, you know. Debatable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but normally he's like, oh, I want a, a surfboard kind of thing. So like, I'm not buying you a surfboard just because, you know, you can't surf. I've already bought you, like, you know, a, a scuba diving equipment that's there, sure. basically, kind of thing. Whereas when he's having, like, not a... He's, the father's the one who can control him better if he's becoming agitated or something like this. Like, he's the one that he's closer to, I guess. Okay. Um, but yeah, so it's, it's, it's a very, as, as you said, like we're talking about, obviously there's a difference between, you know, like a mass murder that we see, you know, like for example, in schools in the US, when you see this kind of um, uh, episodes or someone who is a serial killer, who is very detached from any kind of emotion and yeah. whatever. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like I thought about you a lot. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> While watching the... No, I wanted to know what you thought of it because you are not a, a clinical psychologist. Yes, I am, but definitely uh, not my area. So no, I know, but, but I'm keen. I'm keen to see it. But you know, you understand. I think a few things better than me. I think or would have an, a better idea of things. Uh, I think like watching this person who's because we don't know exactly. Uh, what kind of mental health issue he has? Like I'm sure he has some H. Uh, what is that? HD. He was hyperactive. ADHD, ADHD yeah. as a kid, but then you know he's on some kind of medication that's like a mood controller. But you know, but I don't think he's he's like um, um yeah I forgot the word now. Um, so I got it. Yeah, yeah not schizophrenic. Not schizophrenic. I don't think he's schizophrenic yeah. at all. Okay. And then he develops a friendship and leaves home with this woman who is slightly weird, who has like, I don't know, 10 dogs, whatever, and is obsessed with uh, Gilbert and Sullivan. Like she keeps listening to his uh, operators <laughs> and dresses as the Mikado every now and then. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, she's very rich. And indulges him, like, you know, with, yeah, she's a weird character and they develop, not, not sexual and not just a friendship, um, but she's much older than him as well. So you think like, oh yeah, she's just having sex. No, not at all. But yeah, it's, it's a very interesting portrait of this man that is very different from other films I've watched, like Elephant, for example. Yeah. Um, 
Cool. So, well, I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing it. I, yeah. I don't know when it's being released, uh, um, but it's being released by Wild Bunch, so I imagine it will get a, a decent cinema release. Yeah. London Film Festival is over now. On the final Sunday, they announced the awards, and um, we were surprised by all of them. Yeah, we were. <laughs> we were. Um, I did think um, you know the official competition is chosen from ten films, and um, I did think that uh, the winner hit the road. Had a had a good chance because mm. uh, this is the new film from Pana Panahi. Um, I think it's his debut, and I think it's uh, yeah, it is a debut. Yeah, yeah. and I think it's Jaffa Jaffa Panahi's son. I which don't know, I will actually. I did. I edit did think, if I'm wrong. I know. I did. I did think uh, when I saw the name if it was uh, if he was related, and I'm really gutted that I didn't see it because it was on my shortlist Mine too. for a long time, long list, shortlist. And then it kept crashing, and then I didn't see it, so I'm very disappointed now that uh, it won the, the uh, best film of the festival. Uh, another one that was in, the, in my long list was uh, the winner of the first feature competition, uh, Playground from Belgium, mm. which I uh, understand is also the Belgian entry for international feature film. Yeah. Uh, and uh, documentary went to becoming Cousteau. Becoming Cousteau. Yeah, Liz Garbus documentary about Jacques yeah. Cousteau. Um, apparently, it's very good, uh, and um, that, I think that will get a reasonably wide release. The um, they they do a bursary award every um, every year to um, choosing one person who um, to uh, help financially support their kind of filmmaking. And this year, they chose Harry Woodliffe. They 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 announce uh, three nominees and then they choose one, uh, and so yeah they chose Harry Woodliffe who is the director saw, of yeah. True Things. So they the one the one film I saw out of the award winners, <laughs> um, but she also has a, a this is her second film I think her, her film before this was called Only You which also got really great reviews, uh, so the, I'm, I wasn't surprised that she was chosen, which is great, um, and the big shock was the audience award which I did think was going to be uh, Belfast. Yeah. Shuin, I mean Belfast has won the, the Toronto Film Festival's Audience Award. It won Mill Valley. It won um, uh, another Rats. one recently. Not tell you either. Don't don't think they do one. Um, uh, oh, I've forgotten the name of it. Anyway, yeah, but it's like cleaning up the uh, 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 award audience awards, and it went to Costa Brava. <coughs> excuse me, Costa Brava, Lebanon, yeah. a Leban- Lebanese film from uh, Munya Aki. Yeah, Which, starring Nabeen Labaki, who directed Capernaum. Yeah. It was also on my list, but didn't make the shortcut, so I'm also disappointed. I barely noticed it. Um, maybe it's very good. Um, but considering, you know, for the short... Sorry, for the first feature uh, award, which had a jury, they chose Playground. They gave, gave a special mention to another film, and they didn't even mention Costa Brava, Lebanon. And, um, you know, so a very small film, winning... Yeah. The audience award. I didn't it's... vote for the film. No, I did. I ended up voting for Belfast. I didn't see the email on time, so when I saw, it, I was just like, "Oh, I forgot to vote," which I'm very disappointed about. I would have voted for Titan. So um, yeah. So what's your favorite film of the festival? Let's end with that. I I think Belfast probably. Okay. Um, I think Belfast and Red Rocket were my top two. I would say, okay. but Titan not far away. Yeah. How about you? So, yeah, I think mine is Titan. I did mention that it was difficult to choose a film that was so full-on, crazy and explicit and violent. 
um, as a favorite film by the TVs. That's the film I have rated the highest in Critica, although I haven't rated all of them. But it's, yeah, I mean, if I would say that Belfast is the loveliest, mm-hmm. but Titan is my favorite. But yeah, also Red Rocket, Prayers for the Stolen. Um, yeah, that's, yeah those, those, are, those are my top four, I think. Yeah, a good I might festival. change my mind at some point. I always do when I'm rating films. I go back and change my mind. But I don't see, I don't see myself changing my mind about uh, Chitan. Um, yeah. It was nice to be back physically, wasn't it? Like I know, a, yeah, like a eight. proper festival, yes. It was yeah. really lovely. Um, I was exhausted um, after that uh, because I had like two, you know, almost seven days of films. Yeah, um, you didn't yeah. work for two two weeks off work, so that would well, be I easier. Did, exactly because I'm a I'm a, <laughs> a true, a true cinephile. cinephile. Yes, <laughs> All right. I am got committed. It. I got don't it. go to Newcastle in the middle of the festival. <laughs> All right, fair um, enough. Yes, yeah, so I'm looking forward to we we to the to next year now. Yeah, but also we have decided to continue to do the podcast. Uh, Monthly, maybe. Yeah, I hear your uh, excitement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it'd be nice, won't it? Like, um, rather than waiting till next year to get together every month or so, talk about what we've seen, and you know, that could be old things, or maybe what's in the cinema, and also to bring ourselves to the to uh, the award seasons. Yeah, exactly, because it obviously shifts and changes every year. And, I mean, sorry, every month, not just what we've seen, but also as the awards start to unfurl on the way to the Oscars in March. Yeah, and the, you know, all the critics around the US and exactly. such a big business there. Yeah, it's award season in full swing. That's your Christmas. It's my Christmas. And actually Christmas at the same time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so um, I, looking forward to it. And, um, if, uh, and if you like our podcast, please do rate it. I've been meaning to say that for a while. Uh, if you rate it, uh, that would be really great because it makes it easier for other people to find it. Um, and if you give us a five, you don't have to. We might even <laughs> mention you on our next podcast. And um, and, and subscribe as well, um, so that you will have your the next podcast come straight into your uh, device of your choosing um, as soon as it's available. Okay, so we'll see you next month, maybe. See you next month. Bye. Bye.